coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States. It's the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Diana, and with me as always is the Torn Prince and Angry Princess to my jackal. You'll get that shortly. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I like it, though. <laughs> the zombies to my brains. <laughs> Snort. <laughs> Silent John. <sighs> and Frank couldn't be here today. So we just finished smoking a little bit of weed. Yes. Just another Halloween high. And we ate some spookadillas. <laughs> and spookytilla chips. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Spookytilla chips. <laughs> Not pumpkin flavored. <sighs> Thank you. And we are all in on spooky season because it is episode two of spooky season. And we are going to be watching motherfucking 13 ghosts. Yeah, a uh, Matthew Lillard horror delight. I'm I'm so excited that Snort is finally going to be able to see this movie. Don't know if it's gonna hold up. I I do still have high hopes for it, but it's it's a fun little ride. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I don't really know much about it, but I like ghosts, so sounds cool. Yeah, it's gonna be a little scary. It's gonna be a little jumpy. But before we get into that, I know Snort did want to get into a little bit of of, of spooky season. Uh, lore? Is that, is that how we're going to fra- like frame it? Like sure. Lore? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, okay, so obviously we're watching 13 Ghosts today. So I have to ask, because like I said, I really like ghosts. Do you guys like believe in ghosts? And do you guys have any crazy ghost experiences? What, what, what is your stance on ghosts? It's tough. I'm I'm at a weird point to where I haven't necessarily had any experiences of my own to believe, but that's not without trying. I'm actively looking for experiences <laughs> because I want to believe. So I'm, I'm at that fine line of like, I won't say ghosts aren't real, but I am just waiting for it to happen to me to confirm it in my head, I guess. What about you, Dan? Well, when I was younger, I definitely like believed in ghosts. I was all into like paranormal shit when I was like 10 years old, you know, that was the <laughs> type of kid Dan fucking was. But there was a specific incident where I thought I had something that was haunted. One Christmas, I had gotten a Mick Foley Mankind like wrestling action figure. <laughs> what a great gift. And this Mick Foley Mankind action figure, like it had electronics in it. And when you turn its head, it would be like, ow. Oh, gosh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it was like the neck cracker and it would make the neck cracking noise or whatever. And being a kid, I broke the thing in like fucking five minutes and it stopped working. But I still played with it because it was a fucking action figure, so I had it. And then one night, like months, months later after Christmas, two in the morning, all of a sudden, I hear just, hey. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Have a nice day. And then it just stopped. And it would happen with this little action figure every once in a while, not like consistently malfunctioning so it's just entirely random 
Yeah, completely random and scared the goddamn bejesus out of me. I was completely convinced that this little mankind action figure was haunted. It was a haunted doll. That is pretty spooky. Yeah, I had a lot of wrestling action figures myself, and if any one of them did that, it would go straight in the trash, probably. <laughs> Fuck that. But it was mankind. I know. <laughs> Foley is, is good. I, I get it, but uh, it's still creepy, man. But in my current day and age, I don't believe in like ghosts per se, because I don't believe that the world is the world per se, and that we all live in a computer, and time is irrelevant, and things that uh. people see as ghosts are just remnants of the past through a very thin time space because all of time is existing at the same time. Simulation theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just glitches in the matrix. What about you, Snore? What's your spooky dookie experiences? Yeah, I totally believe in ghosts. And I feel like I always have. And also, okay, so I was one of those kids, too, that had, like, imaginary friends, but was, like, real, really into, like, my imaginary friends to where now, as an adult, my parents told me that they really do think they could have been ghosts. And I've never seen a ghost or anything like that. But I feel like I've had some weird things happen. You mean you mean small occurrences? Yes, small ghost experiences. Yeah, I I do remember one time, just like sitting alone in my house by myself, like eleven o'clock at night, just playing video games, and very clearly hearing somebody say right next to me, "Just hey," but again, thin space time continuum. Yeah, see, once whenever I was a kid, I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom, like looking, like looking in the mirror, brushing my teeth, and I felt. I heard someone say, like, my name. It felt, like, right next to my ear. And nobody was home. And to this day, I usually I don't brush my teeth in the bathroom. Like, I walk around brushing my teeth ever since that day. Yeah, if you weren't going to say it, I was. <laughs> I, I can vouch for that. You've gotten a little bit better about it over the years, but for the longest time, nope. <laughs> oh, can we talk about Ghost Adventures, Zach Bacon's The Ghost King? <laughs> How did he not come up with this ghost talk? Okay, okay. Well, what, what did you want to get into? I wanted to talk about if zombies had ghosts. Zombies had ghosts? Well, because zombies are dead. So do you think there's just like a ghost version of them walking around just like, oh, come on, man. Really? This is what you're doing with your life now? I don't think you could judge that because zombies aren't real. I mean, nobody's had a zombie experience. I don't know. If I died and became a zombie and my ghost was outside of my body looking at my zombie body like walk around and then be like dude that's a fucking five day old dead raccoon on the side of the road. I'm embarrassed for you. I would be so shamed by my zombie self. Maybe the reason that zombies don't have ghosts and stuff. What about okay what about if this is it? Whenever you die you get a pick do you want to come back as a ghost like now or do you want to come back as a zombie whenever the zombie apocalypse happens? Ooh. Yeah. Which would you pick? Ooh, that's a good fucking question. I don't know. Uh, I mean, ghost is more like fulfilling in the moment. It's like, oh, I get to go back and see all the stuff that's going on and all the people that miss me. But being a member of the zombie fucking apocalypse... I don't think that's an opportunity I pass up. 
I mean, it definitely sounds like the the more fun option of the two. But I don't know if, if I could pick. Because I think I'm in the vein of... I don't think necessarily zombies have ghosts themselves. I think maybe ghosts have the option of coming back. But it's almost like a punishment. So if you choose to die and become a ghost, and you decide you want to inhibit another body, you can... But the counterpoint is you become a zombie. Ooh, I didn't even think about possession when I was answering my uh, question. <laughs> possession could be a lot of fun for a while. <laughs> Look at me, bitch. I'm Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm for sure going to be a ghost. Because think, too, you want to be a ghost because zombies, you could be killed. A ghost, like, you can't be, you can't really be killed. Yeah, but you can be, like, exercised or something. Like, I don't want Zach Baggins coming around and hunting my ass down as a ghost and, like, getting rid of me or something. Oh, no, I'm looking for him. I'm going to be like, hey, look, I'm a ghost. <laughs> Use me as your, like, I'm going to pose and stuff. And, yeah, so then I'm the famous ghost. Do you think that, like, there's wanted posters in Ghost World of Zach Baggins? Like, he's public enemy number one for ghosts? Because you got to admit, when he's around ghosts, he's kind of a dick to him. Uh, yes and no. He picks and chooses his battles. Yeah. If, if, if the ghost is a bad ghost, then yeah, he is. But if it's, if it's a nice ghost, he's nice. That would probably be priority number one as a ghost. Is, yeah, how can I get Zach Bagans to, to find me? It's just like a fun game you can play. You know, you got to do enough spooky shit to get him to be like aware of you and wherever you decide to reside. That's when you make it out of the double A into the <laughs> Exactly. League. You're getting you're getting the call up to, to the big leagues for sure. All right. Well, there's no bigger league than the 13 ghosts we're going to be watching tonight because these are some fucking terrifying ass spirits. I may have watched a couple YouTube videos last night about said ghosts and I'm very excited to see them all again. I have not seen this movie in a while, probably uh, fucking 15 years, 10 yeah. years at least. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Dan. It's It's been a long time. It's, I think, when I was a lot younger. Um, so it, what I remember is, is good, but that could definitely change. But the ghosts are the, the standout thing for me. They're, you get so many different variations of things, and I'm really excited to revisit that part of this movie. Yeah, and each ghost has its own particular backstory, which I don't remember all of them because I was really high when I was watching these documentaries <laughs> last night. But I will fill you in as much as possible during said film about their little backstories. Yes, I'm excited for that little nugget. I'm excited to see what the ghosts look like. Like, I haven't seen anything from this movie at all. So, like, what kind of, what kind of like, scary is it? It's, like, scary, yeah. scary. Like, like jumpy, it's, scary. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it I looks mean, gory, scary. scary. Okay. It's Dig deep into early 2000s horror. It's going to be very, like, grisly and very violent, but very spooky. It's very, like, hot topic scary, but, like, not <laughs> hot topic scary. Like, rated R hot topic scary. Cool. That's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, so this movie, and I remember why I lumped it in with House on Haunted Hill. It's because this, the original was directed by William Castle as well. Just like House on Haunted Hill. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, this was the one that he did with the red glasses and the blue glasses where you could like see the ghosts mm, if you yeah. look through the red lens and you couldn't if you look through the blue lens. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, William Castle was essentially like Walmart Hitchcock. 
And he would do little like gimmicks for his movies and shit like that, like House on Haunted Hill. He had like skeletons flying through the audience. Yeah, okay. He had little buzzers installed in the chairs for the tingler. And (sighs) why can't people do that more often? That sounds like a blast. Yeah, and this was made back in the late fifties, early early sixties. Old black and white movie. Obviously, the ghost didn't look anything like the ghost that we're going to be seeing (laughs) tonight. But it's that classic kind of story similar to House on Haunted Hill of, oh, there's this mansion that's haunted, and my uncle gave it to me when he died. You know, it's that haunted house, spend the night in the haunted house, spend the million dollars, like the classic ghost story. I'm excited. Yeah, and above all else, I think just the production value alone of that whole like house and ghost element makes this a pretty enjoyable movie. And like we said earlier, you got Matthew Lillard. You got a little bit of Tony Shalhoub. Always a fun surprise. Shannon Elizabeth, F. Murray Abraham. Solid, all around, early 2000s, late 90s cast. It's about what you expect when you when you think of a movie like this. You're just missing an MTV VJ. Just throw <laughs> one of those in there. And the guy that directed this only went on to direct Ghost Ship, which, as I said last time, has one of the greatest opening scenes in any horror movie ever, and then just falls off the fucking map <laughs> entirely. But this movie somehow, from my foggy memory, from the throughout the haze, I remember this being better than it had a reason to be. I think that's where I stand, too. I mean, my memory is extremely vague, but it was good enough to leave an imprint on me when I was younger and wasn't as into this stuff. So I, I feel like I'll appreciate it enough to call it a good movie at the end of it. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's just Matthew Lillard, because anytime you got Matthew Lillard in something, he's giving it his all. And Snort, maybe this will put you on that next Matthew Lillard level. I don't know if you if you love him the way that Dan and I do. Guys, he's Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that's what I love him from. Yeah, but you're, li- you're Lillard level one. We're like, me and John are Lillard level five, Lillard level six, somewhere around there. Yeah, we're kind of like lizard people at this point. Okay, well... Let's watch this movie then, because I'm ready to get my own opinions. You guys got me so excited. I really hope we don't let you down. (laughs) All right, let's go watch some fucking 13 Ghosts. And now, our feature presentation. I bought the movie, and we all made the snacks, and we're back. And we just watched thir- 13 in Ghosts. <laughs> what an what a abomination of a spelling for this movie. Why? Because it's the fucking late 90s. I mean, sure, it's a stylistic choice, but it's not a good one. No, but a good choice was making this movie a fucking cool buck 28 with credits. <laughs> What a brisk, fast-paced movie. Like, it wastes no time. You get to everything you need to pretty quick. Yeah, they definitely fly through this movie pretty quick. I completely forgot about the opening until the opening started. And then throughout the opening, I kept remembering, like, oh, yeah, this is going to (laughs) happen. Oh, yeah, this is going to happen. And we start in the junkyard, and you've got a bunch of military motherfuckers running around a junkyard. And presumably they're searching for what you later find out is the ghost of the juggernaut. Not like the juggernaut bitch, but like the juggernaut ghost. Almost zombie-esque, he kind of looked. 
that's what I kind of thought with the, uh, all of the ghosts is they all did kind of look like zombies. Yeah, the makeup, it was all uh, Greg Nicotero. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, Walking okay. Dead. So No shit. Definitely comes through. It checks out for sure. But in the junkyard, you meet F. Murray Abraham and Matthew Lillard, and they're both Ghostbusters. Essentially. <laughs> but they're like the bad kind of Ghostbusters, and you find that out because the good kind of Ghostbusters comes up and is like, stop capturing these ghosts. Like fucking Ghost PETA. <laughs> but... This ghost is literally a fucking serial killer ghost who's still murdering people. Yeah, just going on a fucking tear in this junkyard. Sucking people through cars and <laughs> ripping them to shreds. You know what this scene kind of reminded me of? Uh, the opening scene in um, Jurassic Park, you know? <laughs> <laughs> with the velociraptor? Yeah, yeah. can you see it? <laughs> but with ghosts. Yes. And fucking blood trucks. Cameo from Blade. Because, of course, it's fucking blood trucks. That was where I was like, oh, this is more Hot topic than I remember. <laughs> blood truck was definitely on a shirt somewhere at a Hot Topic at this point. And you know, somebody wrote that into the movie. is like, this is so badass. Fucking blood's going to come out of the truck. This is so fucking metal. People are going to lose their shit when they see this. It's brutal. And in the opening scene, you also get them... Like, giving you a little bit of exposition and, well, like, learning you about the glasses. And the glasses is a direct throwback to putting the glasses on in the movie theater and being able to see the ghosts and taking them off and not seeing them. I thought the whole glasses aspect of the movie was pretty cool, like, during the whole movie. But it did make me think, like, man, think if you're, like, in a group of people and there's, like, only one pair of glasses, I am way too controlling. I am having those glasses. Like, no, (laughs) Uh, we're fighting over them. Sorry, Silent John. <laughs> You're in the spooky house and you don't know where the ghosts are anymore. Look, as long as you can direct me <laughs> and I can dodge the spooky ghosts, then hey, full steam ahead. You're the captain here. Well, full steam ahead for sure because we get to the opening credit scene where we, in one spinning fucking giant shot, we meet Tony Shalhoub and his family we find out that the wife died and that they moved to an apartment and everything's derelict and it circles back around while giving you like the entire backstory of Tony Shalhoub's character in probably like 90 seconds. Yeah, and in my opinion, it's the best scene of the movie from like a cinematography perspective. Man, that is such a, once again, fast-paced, but such a beautiful way to tell a story. Yeah, definitely a director's choice of, all right, we're going to get through all of this shit in the opening credits. Let's just get past it. And man, it's just so almost more like grimacing to just like kind of hear everything instead of seeing it, like hearing the screams and the fire and then like him getting the news like, yeah, your wife's not going to make it. Yeah. And the very subtle changes from like the house looking all nice and appointed to boxes being packed up to, oh, look, this window now looks out at another building. So much going on in that little opening credit sequence. The whole deterioration of the family. And the family's not doing well. The mom has died in a fire. And they're living in a small apartment with presumably a live-in nanny somehow also. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tough to raise a family of two. Yeah, but you've got past due bills on the wall, and you've got an adult daughter pretty much. (laughs) Shannon Elizabeth is definitely skipping college to help the family out. I wonder if she was there before the mom died, though. Maybe she's just been around the whole time. 
Oh, like the nanny moved with them yeah. along? Like that was always like the family got out nanny? Of, yeah, she got out on the fire too, you know? Okay, I could definitely well, see that. Yeah. That gives a whole another perspective to uh, her character. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way at all. Okay. But they are down on their luck, but luckily there is a mysterious fucking lawyer figure that's just coming up to give them a fucking house because their great-great-uncle died. And that was their first mistake, was trusting that guy. That guy just looks sus. Like, creepy-looking guy. Yeah, if he was knocking at my door, I'd be pretty skeptical. He just had this, like, menacing smile. Like, he had some spooky secrets, and he wasn't going to tell. Yeah, the word your soul is definitely in the terms and conditions of any contract he's fucking giving you. Oh, for sure. Did you see how eager he was? He's like, let's go into the room before we get, to get the tour. I need to get some signatures, like, now. He literally looks like a skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to offer a monkey paw before he leaves. Of course. But the lawyer gives them the key to the house because the great uncle died in a ghost fight. And very excitedly, they all rush to this giant fucking mansion. Can I just say how much I really enjoyed, like, the production design of the house and really just, like, the practical, like, effects of it throughout the whole movie? I really enjoyed the practical effects a lot, but when the CGI effects kind of peppered in there, it was definitely something out of a video game that was run on (sighs) Windows 95. I really tried to let it not skew my view. How could it skew your view? The whole house was glass. You could see through it. (laughs) (laughs) And at the giant glass mansion... You've got Matthew Lillard popping up again, and he's pretending to be an electrician. And he needs access to the basement. And they put the key into the house, and they start the house up. And so at this point, is the house just perpetually unlocked? Or I mean, I know the house is just a device for ghosts at this point, so it doesn't really matter Like when you get home from the grocery store four weeks from now, because that's not going to happen, because it's a house for a ghost machine. But wouldn't that be the first red flag? Like, oh, this thing took my key. No, the first red flag is when you go to a house that has all glass windows <laughs> with writing all over it, like a psychopath's house. But the dude is like a famous adventurer, like eccentric adventurer. You would expect a house like that from somebody that's rich and eccentric and is a fucking adventurer. Nobody, Nobody's a fucking adventurer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I expect him to have a house like that, but man, I don't know. It stresses me out to be thinking that somebody could always be watching me when I'm supposed to be like at my most comfortable. So Matthew, so they go into the house and Matthew Lillard goes down into the basement to go check the breakers. And as he's walking through the basement, he's having these little like psychic hiccups, I guess. (laughs) And you're getting your first little flashes of what the ghosts look like. And at this point, Snort, I'd like your, like, what were you thinking when you first saw the jackal? Like just in that one little flash. I still kind of thought they just kind of look more like zombies. So it was just like getting used to them that they were ghosts. The whole like first little beginning of the movie before things are explained, I was very confused with what was going on. Uh, But they were spooky looking. Well, at that point, that's when Matthew Lillard goes and explains a little bit more because he runs upstairs to tell Monk like, hey, buddy, you got a basement full of ghosts. Don't trust this suspicious looking lawyer, dude. Even though I'm potentially just as suspicious as him. I sound like a maniac. Like I just took off a screen mask. Actually, I am a maniac. We'll get to that later. (laughs) But you need to get your fucking kids and get the folk out the house. And then he goes straight into like, 
a ghost gasm when Tony Shalhoub touches him and he sees Tony Shalhoub's whole backstory. <laughs> ghost gasm. <laughs> That's the only way, like the entire time, every time he got hit with a ghost, he was like, <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> That's all I thought. Fucking ghost gasm. I'm just flopping like a little fish. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. And while Tony Shalhoub's checking on Matthew Lillard or whatever, the, the fucking lawyer runs into the basement and he's like, oh, look at this fucking bag of money. I'm going to take it off. And that makes the whole machine like kick into fucking action. And that's when the movie starts being a ghost movie. Is this what, what do people say when you fumble the bag? Is that what this guy did? I think it's more of a metaphor on greed and capitalism in American society and how the lust of money actually is one's own demise. Money's the true killer here. Hey, it makes a cool movie, though. <laughs> yeah, because the fucking angry princess is out of the fucking cage. And she is ready to take Mr. Bad Lawyer Guy down. Man, this dude definitely gets what's coming to him. What an, what an asshole. I'm so, so weirdly happy with how this guy goes. Yeah, he full-on gets split in half by a piece of glass. Yeah, and the princess girl, she doesn't even have to do anything. She just has to be there. And boom, dead. She does what a ghost is supposed to do. Just spook you. <laughs> just spooks you. Right into death. I do think uh, the guy getting split in half, though, by the glass, is probably the goriest part of the whole movie, you think? Yeah, I mean, the torso, to me, that's a little, like, it's not as gory. Um, the 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 glass splitting the guy in half kind of felt like a Mortal Kombat fatality with the CGI <laughs> at the time. Oh, there you go, back back on the video games there. But now that the lawyer's dead, the angry princess is off to her own devices, and she wants to go get fucking Shane Elizabeth, who's upstairs like playing around in the bathtub that's filled with fucking blood. I love these scenes that are cutting between the reel that Shane Elizabeth is seeing and everything all covered in fucking yeah. blood and writing in her in the fucking tub like dead i love that flash back and forth in this movie yeah just like the whole like especially that scene and then just like the editing like throughout the whole movie very impressive very late 90s 2000s but i it's a very good thing for that time era yeah it was a fun way to really splice the ghost set and make it kind of trip you up with the reality and the spooky reality of it all and and back on the house i the bathroom just looked so cool the way it was like kind of like the blurred tile that was like glass, but you couldn't see through it. I don't know the visual of like the blood all over I thought was so cool, yeah, and I really like all the top down shots that you do get in this movie. There's yeah. a lot of top down shots, but before the angry princess can get to Shane Elizabeth, fucking monk busts in because he listened to what Matthew Lillard said. And was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. But now little fucking Bobby boy's missing. Little scooty scoots. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing just drips like old classic horror movie. Like, oh, the old uncle gave us this house, but it's got ghosts in the basement. <laughs> oh, I found the daughter, but now the son's missing. Oh, I found the son. Now the nanny's missing. And it's not a bad thing. No, I, I mean, as simple as, as that story goes, I, I had a fun time in this iteration of it. Tale as old as time. It, it, one thing I noticed is, so we start splicing in between both of the kids' stories. And then once they disappear, like, you really don't see them, and I'm kind of thankful for it. Is that a bad feeling to have? I didn't love the parts where it was focusing on them. I'm glad it was, like, Shalhoub and uh, Lillard mainly throughout the movie instead. 
I agree. The kids weren't my like favorite characters. Mine neither, but yeah, John completely right because once that kid like knocks himself out cold on the glass running downstairs. And I have to say, like, I felt that because I too have done that before. Oh, the old bird into the window thing. But like full on knocked myself out. But how did it happen? Okay, so I was at a carnival. A carnival? This wasn't even at home? This was at a carnival. I was probably like maybe like 11, 10, 9 years old at the time. One of those three-year gaps. This could be why my memory is so gone. <laughs> this moment right here. And there was a house of mirrors. Uh, oh, and now it's starting to make sense. And I couldn't find my way out. And like a little mouse, I panicked. <laughs> And I ran down the way I thought was the right way. Oh, no. Right into a fucking mirror and knocked myself out for a little bit. Had to get picked up by a carny. So did you wake up like still in like the little mirror house? Or did you wake up outside of it like, oh, thank God. No, if I had woken up inside the mirror house, it just would have started all over again. I would have jumped right back up, ran the other way, and knocked myself fucking clean out again. Right into the simulation. Oh, that's how it all started. <laughs> But the basement's just fucking flooded with loose ghosts at this point. The fucking mom's out. The fucking hanging queen's out. The torso's just fucking hobbling around down there. And then you see Cyrus, like, popping up. Like, ooh, Uncle Cyrus. What are you doing down there? Because the Cyrus ghost is down in the basement with the rest of the ghosts. Presumably, until you know otherwise. No spoilers. What a nefarious little guy. (laughs) But so ghosts are just fucking everybody up all over the place. And then Ghost Peta Lady comes into the house and saves everybody. And then they go look at this book and pretty much give like a little sizzle reel of each ghost with cool little graphics and the cool little what the DVD probably came in book (laughs) when they sold it at Best Buy. See, I really, really liked that part of them explaining like each ghost. I really appreciated that. But then once she got into like how the house works and like. This guy needed to sacrifice himself. I was so confused. I was like, and then I was just like, I'm just not even going to try. I'm just going to watch it and enjoy what the hell happens. Yeah, she definitely turned into a late act two instruction manual at that point. Yeah, and she goes to like a face and heel turn all in the span of like maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, not even. 22 <laughs> max. And she's the bad guy that's teamed up with Cyrus ghost yeah she saves the day but all for what you fucked everything else up yeah so then after she explains what all the ghosts are pretty much all the ghosts start getting finally released at the end like as more ghosts got released the worse they got and now the fucking jackal's out and the fucking hammer is getting out and the fucking juggernaut's gonna get out and they're just fucking everything up all the big guns are finally released they're ready to direct shit You got the Charlie Manson of ghosts. (laughs) Oh, and you also realize during uh, all of this, too, that his wife is one of the ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. His wife is the fourth ghost. Yeah. Like, we knew she was down there because she was, like, helping Bobby and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But this is where Tony Shalhoub finds out. And he's all like, oh, sad. But then he's like, oh, I gotta be the 13th ghost. (laughs) Oh. So they're fighting all the fucking ghosts downstairs and Matthew Lillard sacrifices himself because he wants to be the 13th ghost. Not really, but (laughs) 
Like, why doesn't Matthew Lillard count as a 13th ghost? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. He does die. Yeah. And he would technically be the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, but you think a lot of people have already died by now. Like, the lawyer guy died. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. It's because they needed the broken heart. That's uh, what Like, it love. Is. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's qualify. be fair. Matthew Lillard's got a broken heart. He was done with life. He mm. he was like, yeah, what do I have to live? Fuck it, boys. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. But Matthew Lillard gets killed by the juggernaut and the hammer. I mean, I'm just going to say it. it's obvious. MVP of the movie. I, I love that we got Matthew Lillard unhinged in this movie. He just did crazy so well. And, and yeah, I love him sacrificing himself at the end of it. Yeah, the scenes where he's screaming and fucking spitting fucking shit coming off of his mouth. It's its just pure fucking Matthew Lillard excellence. Just committing to the role. And he does it in every movie he's in. I... I liked him in this movie, but this didn't this didn't help me get to your guys' level. Maybe I'm just not like on your guys' level. That's okay. I mean I don't not like Matthew Lillard. He was very much more Stu and Scream yeah. than yeah. Shaggy and Scooby. I like Stu and Scream though, but I think that's just like kinda iconic. So yeah. So now the Peta Lady and Ghost Cyrus have kidnapped the kids and they put them in the middle of the fucking machine or whatever. The CGI clog. Yeah. <laughs> the clock from the game missed <laughs> with a Y. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, going into this third act, there's it does kind of go off the rails a little bit. There's still some really good things in there, but it does get brutal at times, I, I'll say. It kind of goes house on haunted hill a little bit. <laughs> oh, I've got notes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, that's what I, I was going to think of with Matthew Lillard. I get Chris Kattan vibes from him. <laughs> from house on We're hill. getting there. We're okay, getting okay. There. So then the machine's all fucking going off, and the ghosts are all like around the fucking machine that's turning, and the kids are in the middle, and oh, and then fucking Maggie's just like, fuck this shit. I'm just flipping switches and dip switches and faders, and she's just throwing fucking levers all over the place, and she breaks everything. <laughs> I mean, but what else are you going to do in this situation? Fuck it. Pull the levers. Yeah. Try everything. Oh, yeah. Before that, Peter Lady got squished, but that doesn't really matter. She wasn't that good of a character. You know what really bothered me about her? The giant, like, 2000s nose stud she had. <laughs> Just really, just, just, I just couldn't. She definitely got that shit done at Claire's. <laughs> but now the machine's breaking, and Monk is sitting there, and he's like, I don't know what to do. My kids are going to die. And Matthew Lillard's ghost pops up and says, hey, go save your kids. And Monk goes, okay, I'm going to go save my kids. And then he does, and then the house falls apart. You totally forgot about the part where he kills, uh, what's his face? Oh, yeah, yeah, he totally kills, uh, fucking Cyrus, because Cyrus isn't a ghost. But he wasn't really a good character anyway, so it doesn't matter. He was a bit of a virus. I don't think I even have notes about Cyrus getting killed at all. Because the ghost, the ghost killed him. The ghost picked him up and threw him into the machine, and he got, like, chopped up. And he's got that great, like, yelp scream that he does as he's (laughs) getting carried away. Okay, now it's all coming back to me. into the machine. I was doing a little bit of munching and greening at the end of the movie, so I was a little bit... But that's honestly one of the notes I have, too, is it really, at the end of this movie, just crams more like exposition into where, like, if you didn't really watch the first hour and you were only watching the last 28, you got everything you needed. Like, it just runs through the whole movie in, like, two minutes. Yeah, because the part that I was confused about 
when she was explaining everything, they did kind of like a recap <laughs> of it later. And guess what? I understood. <laughs> this is definitely a movie that was structured for like commercials to be in the middle of it so that you could just drop in, drop out, flip a channel, come back <laughs> like three minutes past where the commercial ended, just pick it up. Oh, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Hour 28, that's 32 minutes of fucking commercials. You know, I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's how I saw this was on TV on like a rerun channel. <laughs> There's definitely scenes you probably have not seen before. A good chance, yeah. But in the end, the house goes all fucking Michael Bay times fucking 30. Did somebody just ask the director, hey, how many explosions do you want? Uh, all of them. As many <laughs> as you can do. Bring bring, a, bring it. All of it. Just everything. Everything. Whatever you got at the shop, just bring it. Forget anything else. Use the rest of the budget, specifically on the explosions. The special effects explosion guy was definitely Danny McBride from fucking Tropic Thunder on this movie. <laughs> so this is this is in universe of Tropic Thunder now. Yeah, this is in the TTCU. Man, now I really need Matthew Lillard running wild in Tropic Thunder. And then they just walk out of the house, and the ghosts walk out of the house into the fucking woods. Presumably to c- continue killing? Like, there was at least three serial killer ghosts in that ghost tribe. I don't know what they were doing, but, like, that little shot that you see of them going into the forest, I thought was pretty cool looking, looked very spooky. Oh, yeah, it was it was a great looking shot. And it, it was weird, yeah, because there was, like, a soothing kind of, like, happy kind of score over that scene to where it's, like, implied that it's a good thing. But after, yeah, everything we saw, I'd be terrified of that. We know for a fact that the Juggernaut had 40 victims, 40 victims in his junkyard. And that guy's just happily walking out of the woods with everybody else. And that pretty much wraps out 1313 Ghosts. Yeah, I think more than anything, Dan, I don't know about you, but I really just want Snort's overall reaction to this movie. What what are your, your biggest takeaways? Uh, it was good, not great, not bad. Um... Yeah, I did. I think it was better than House on Haunted Hill, but maybe not by a whole lot. Um, do I think I need to rewatch it ever? Probably not, but I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, watching it again, I, I can completely agree with some of that. It was a little bit more like House on Haunted Hill than I wanted to remember mm-hmm. it being. Yeah, yeah. There are some comparisons that I drew throughout the film. We have the the house that's well appointed and spooky and creepy. And they're luring people there with the prospect of money. Check. You've got terrible, terrible 90s CGI making some giant machine. (sighs) Check. Everything goes on lockdown. Check again. And the plucky comic reliefy guy who dies in the movie comes back at the end to save the fucking day and give an inspirational speech and help out. Sounds an awful like somebody else we've seen do the same, same type of role. Yeah, Matthew Lillard definitely Catan'd his way into the end of this movie. Hey, come on, we all know Catan just crushes it. Only redeemable character in the whole film. But yeah, I liked it. It's a classic horror movie. It's spooky. It's got good makeup. Like you said, everybody looks like Nicotero zombies. It's inherently, it's got a spook vibe. And it doesn't have Marilyn Manson in it, so it's definitely got a point above House of Haunted Hill still in my book. <laughs> Yeah, Agreed. I, I'll agree to that. I, I mean, it's definitely revisiting now. Uh, super cheesy, which I kind of expected. It has that early 2000s, late 90s feel all over it. 
But I don't know. In this one, it just kind of works for me. There's definitely some missteps, but I had a lot of fun with it. I uh, I can wait another decade before I watch it again, but I'm glad we, we uh, spent spooky season with this. Yeah, this movie definitely drips fucking hot topic, just like every other <laughs> horror movie that came out between the years 1996 and 2002. But if you can accept that and embrace it going into these types of movies, you can have tons of fun with them. I just had a thought just now. Okay. Is, okay, so we've been comparing, like, this movie, Hot Topic. I think this movie is more Spencer's than Hot Topic. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, because no Marilyn Manson. So, okay, so if you axe Manson out of the equation, it falls to Spencer's. But if you add Charlie Manson, where does that then put you? Okay, I th- I think you're right because we there's no Marilyn Manson in this one. Mm-hmm. And there is boobies, just like a Spencer's has the adult section at the back. Bingo. Yeah, it's Spencer's. It's Spencer's. I feel like they also, yeah, they, I feel like I've seen Manson shirts that are like Charlie Manson, <laughs> not Marilyn Manson. Yeah, it's the Spencer's. You're right. This movie Spencer's. Oh, here we go. So from here on out, we have to put movies in two categories. <laughs> is it more Spencer's? Is it more Hot Topic? I just want to watch Spirit Halloween. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, but that's it for thir- 13 ghosts. Just drop the numbers. Come on. Like the actual numbers. You're lucky there wasn't an X in there somewhere. <sighs> if there's ever a remake, there will be. It's been long enough. 13 ghosts. Uh, Ghosts with a Z. <laughs> and that's going to be it for this week. But coming up next week, we're going to be going into spooky season a little bit more. And this one's going to be a little bit more fun <laughs> and a lot more dumb somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I think that sounds like a recipe for success, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, well, the movie definitely wasn't, because next week we're going to be watching fucking Maximum Overdrive. Mm-mm-mm. Which is Stephen King's fuck you to Stanley Kubrick directing his own book about cars that come to life. That isn't Christine. You know what? It sounds ambitious, and it sounds like it could be a little bit of a romp, so... I'm personally really excited for this. I've heard nothing but fantastic things in the worst way, and it just really, really gets me going. I'm intrigued by this one, and I'm excited to hear more about, like, what the heck, why Stephen King directed this movie. (laughs) There is a lot going on as to why, how Stephen King got to maximum overdrive, and a lot of it involves cocaine, but that's for next week. (laughs) So if you want to catch up with us for the rest of the spooky season. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Podcast. Make sure to give us a ratings and review on everywhere you can listen to us at. Yep, and that's going to do it for this week. So if you see three people walking through a basement full of ghosts... But only Snort has the glasses, but all three of us are really fucking high. Come over and say hi. That might just be us. Okay, bye. Bye. Goodbye.
spooky dookie. Stupid. Oh, can you not laugh? <laughs> it reminds me, I saw a picture online of like a skull toilet, and that was just the caption, spooky dookie. <laughs> Like, if you can't laugh at that, <laughs> then come on. That's always going to be funny. <laughs> like, little... Baby ghost experiences. Not like. <laughs> not <laughs> what not is a baby ghost experience? <laughs> Please elaborate. You just said two words that are terrifying to me. <laughs> okay, not not baby ghost experience. I mean, <laughs> like like um, I don't, like like little little uh, just little tip. I don't know how do you how do you explore? you know what I'm talking about.